Welcome back to The Rollout. I'm Jeff Pratt, and joining me as always is Trent Henrich. How's it going, Trent? I'm doing well. Enjoying the summer. Absolutely. All right. In this episode, we are going to analyze the wide receiver position. We have three lists for you guys today. One making our predictions for the top 10 fantasy receivers in this upcoming season. Another ranking our top 10 current NFL receivers based on talent. And finally, ranking our top 10 receivers of all time. So, Let's start out with our 2020 fantasy predictions. Trent, who are the first few guys in your rankings? So to start off, at 10, I have Amari Cooper. At 9, I have A.J. Brown, which may be a little surprising. And at 8, I have Chris Godwin. Uh, A.J. Brown, for me, is a player who I think is going to have a breakout season this year. He's coming off a strong rookie year where the Titans... Uh, he put up some pretty decent numbers last year, being their primary target, had over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. And with them moving on from Delaney Walker and the really only other target is probably John New Smith. Uh, and he's a tight end. I think AJ Brown's going to get a lot more looks this season. Uh, he only had 84 targets last year and still put up those big numbers. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was at nine or higher by the end of the season. Fair enough. You know, I actually have none of those guys in my top 10 uh, for my predictions. Um, at number 10 for me, I have Allen Robinson. Number nine, I have Kenny Galladay. And number eight, I have Adam Thielen. Just to talk about A.J. Brown really quick uh, before I talk about one of my guys. The only reason I don't have him in my top 10 is because I don't trust the Titans play action scheme and especially Ryan Tannehill throwing him the ball. But I think he has all the talent in the world. And now moving on, I have Adam Thielen at eight. And that may be really high considering uh, he was really banged up this past year, finished as wide receiver 64 in PPR leagues. But with the departure of Stephon Diggs, yes, the Vikings are going to rely on Dalvin Cook and the ground game a lot. But Adam Thielen really is the only target out there in Minnesota. If you look what he did in 2018 when he was that primary guy, he caught 113 balls for 1,300 yards nine touchdowns he really is an elite receiver and he's going to have time to show that this year so moving on to my next three guys at seven i have tyreek hill at six i have juju smith schuster and five i have dj moore so juju smith schuster and dj moore obviously i'm predicting that they will take huge jumps juju was a top 10 receiver two years ago uh struggled with injuries this past year finished as wide receiver 65 with someone in the same boat as Thielen and DJ Moore had a really solid breakout campaign finishing as wide receiver 16 in Juju's case. They're going to play him out of the slot more this year. Big Ben's going to be back under center. I'm looking for him to sling the ball a lot. And I think Juju's going to be a big beneficiary of that. The Steelers offense is going to be much more high octane than people think Juju is going to really take advantage of that. And then DJ Moore, I'm just expecting another big jump uh, now that they have more weapons on that Panthers offense uh, to take the attention away from him. He's not going to be double teamed as much with Robbie Anderson lining up on the other side of him. Trent, who are your next three guys? I mean, just to talk about yours a little bit, I think those were a bold seven, six, five, but I also think those are like, those are guys with really high upside. Like DJ Moore is going to be that primary target. And if he does find a way to connect with Bridgewater very well, I could see him ending the season that high. I just don't think, you know, he's the safest guy to pick, but that's how you honestly think he's going to finish then. Yeah, like I said, I can definitely see it. Yeah, that's on fair. My end, yeah, on my end, 
Um, for my 765, I have two guys you've already talked about. At seven, I have Adam Thielen. At six, I have DeAndre Hopkins. And at five, I have Kenny Galladay. The big guy I like out of this group is Kenny Galladay. For me, he took some big strides last season. He ended up having to pair with uh, quarterbacks like David Blau after, after Stafford went down. And even with um, these you know less talented and uh, less experienced quarterbacks, he still put up his best numbers yet with almost 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns on 18 yards per reception, which I think bode for him really well. The only thing he needs to work on is how efficient he is and how many balls he drops because he was targeted 116 times last season and only caught 65 balls. But if he finds a way to catch 20 or 30 more balls and he gets targeted you know, 20 or 30 more times, I could see um, Kenny Galladay this year going for maybe 13, 1,400 yards and possibly 13 or 14 touchdowns. He could have a really big season being the primary target on that Lions offense. Fair enough. So, Trent, who do you have as your fourth and third uh, rankings in this in this uh, this list? So, for me, I have one guy you've mentioned uh, and one guy that's yet to pop on, on your list. At four, I have Devontae Adams. And at three, I actually have Tyree Kill, you, who you had quite lower on your list. For me, he's paired up with who is, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL right now with Patrick Mahomes. I think Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's speed is unmatched in the league, and he's probably, uh, speed-wise, he's definitely the hardest guy to cover in the NFL. He's probably the toughest, toughest guy to bring down in the open field just because of the speed he brings to that offense. He didn't have his best season last year, but that's also because he only played in 12 games. But in 2018, he put up almost 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. And those are the numbers I expect um, to come from Tyreek Hill this season in that uh, high-power offense. Yeah, that's fair. For for me, I just can't justify putting Tyreek Hill higher just because he's still not the number one option in the passing game in Kansas City. If you look at the number of targets they get, Kelsey has out-targeted him uh, consistently throughout these last couple of years. And Hill could easily finish as the number one receiver this year. He's got that big playability. He does have the best quarterback in the NFL, like Patrick Mahomes. So I really do like uh, the bull take there, putting him that high. And for me, my four and three, we're spot on with four in the same boat there. I have Devontae Adams. And then at number three, I have Michael Thomas. And I guess I'll talk about why I have Michael Thomas at three. It's just because I don't think it's possible for him to put up similar numbers to what he did last year. Obviously, he set the single-season uh, receiving record. Um, really was just seeing an, an insane amount of targets in New Orleans. But now the Saints have added a couple more offensive weapons to their team. Uh, Jared Cook is going to be healthy heading into the season. They brought in a better tight end and Adam Troutman uh, to really strengthen those cores. And then they brought in a capable wide receiver, too, and Emmanuel Sanders. So while Michael Thomas is very easily... Uh, capable of being the number one fantasy wide receiver, I don't see him repeating. See, that's surprising to me just because of how high you are on the Saints. So I guess you think they're going to succeed in more of a equal offense and more spread out targets um, than they had last year. Yeah, I, I do. And I also think that Alvin Kamara is going to get much more involved in the offense. He really took a step back this past year, whether that was injuries or just not 
getting a lot of touches. I think they're going to work him into the offense more this year and just be much more of a balanced offense. Hey, that's fair. So um, who do you see, who do you see at your second position and first position? So, on this list? At number two, I have Julio Jones. And at number one, I have DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm not going to lie to you, Trent. I was shocked when I heard you had Hopkins at what? Wide receiver six? I haven't said. Yeah, that, that's just – that's kind of crazy for me. And I guess it's not that crazy because he did finish as wide receiver five this past year. But I look at DeAndre Hopkins, one of the most elite receivers in the league. He thinks he's the best. And I'm not one to argue with him. Uh, although there are a couple of guys I maybe would slide in above him. Uh, but looking at the situation he's heading into in Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury, they're going to run a high-octane, passing-oriented offense. Kyler Murray is going to be slinging the rock. And I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a huge beneficiary of that. As long as they can build chemistry in this offseason, build a good rapport, I think DeAndre Hopkins is in for a huge year. Yeah, it's really tough for me um, to even fathom putting him at one just because it is his first year on this team with a young quarterback who only has a year under his belt. He's going into, in my opinion, a more crowded wide receiver core having one of the greatest wide receivers of all time with Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, uh, running back in Kenyon Drake, who they're really high on is should see a lot of touches this season. So for me, with all that uh, in mind, that's why I had Hopkins at six, six, but it skill wise, if he, he is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL and I, he has the potential to put up wide receiver one numbers Every year he goes out there, I just think the first year with a new quarterback makes it really hard for him to be one. That's fair. I just think that uh, elite receivers are able to adapt to whatever situation they're thrown into. Look at Randy Moss heading into New England with his one year with the Patriots set a single-season touchdown record. Who was his quarterback? It was Tom Brady. And Kyler Murray is basically Tom Brady is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, that is <laughs> All a... right, let's let, yeah. Let's yeah. move on. I, I we're taking risks with this list, and I hate Michael Thomas personally. Hey, so that's fair. Yeah. For for me, so at two, I'm I'm in the same spot with you. I have Julio Jones at two, and I have Michael Thomas at one. For me, Michael Thomas at one is is a no brainer, just because I think these Saints are going to to reach you know the NFC Championship game this year, and they they are going to win 13, 14 games a season. I think a lot of that lies on the connection of Breeze and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, as you mentioned, put up arguably one of the best seasons of all time for a wide receiver, putting up or breaking the, the yards record in a season with uh, 17-25. And, I mean, for me, he can. these numbers are going to drop, yet if he still puts up 1,500 yards and 10 or 11 touchdowns, there's a very good chance he's still wide receiver one at, at the end of the season. That's why I, I don't believe Michael Thomas is going to put up the numbers he did last year, but he still will be wide receiver one just because he's going to see, you know, almost 200 targets and he's going to put up most likely 1,500 yards if he stays healthy. That's fair enough. I just think that the Saints are going to be a much more balanced offense this year and teams are going to really set out to try to stop Michael Thomas and target him in their game plans and make the Saints go through other options besides Thomas. But that's fair. I mean, I just think it's also almost impossible to skill positions uh, for skill positions to repeat as a number one fantasy option. Wide receiver is insanely tough. But if Michael Thomas can do it, then I'll give him props. So 
why don't we move on to our second list, which is the top 10 NFL receivers heading into the 2020 season, purely based on talent. These are the guys that we think are the most talented players in the NFL at the receiver position. And Trent, I'll let you start it off with your first three guys. Yeah, I mean, this is the list I've been most looking forward to talk about with you just because I think we're going to be on totally different paths. I think a lot of people are going to be very surprised with some names I have in here. I have a feeling you're going to have a few guys in here that surprised me as well. That's fair. All right, Trent, let's hear it. So at 10 for top 10 NFL receivers based on talent heading into the 2020 season, I have Adam Thielen at 10. I have Julian Edelman at 9 and Keenan Allen at 8. Interesting. Interesting oh. to say the least. I, I respect all of those. Man, the receiver position is just so deep. You can make arguments for so many people. Why Edelman, though? For me, he is one of the most consistent wide receivers in the NFL. With And for talent-wise, I look at guys who, you know, who would I trust to catch the ball when it matters most? And that doesn't mean a, a jump ball. That's just on fourth down. Who do I want? the ball to go to and he has done it with Brady for as long as I've been watching the Patriots. And, you know, if he is as good as a wide receiver as I think, and if Stidham is half the quarterback you think he is, then Edelman's numbers probably shouldn't even drop, but actually increase this season just based on, you know, he will be the primary target and he's going to catch 75, 80% of the balls that come out. That's fair. I mean, I think that's, uh, a little bit of an exaggeration because Edelman is getting up there in age. I st- I do agree with you though. When we're talking about clutch situations, he's one of the best clutch players in NFL history. But in terms of like the velocity and uh, just the pure amount of targets you're predicting him to get, I don't think so. Just because we know Jared Stidham has built a rapport with guys like Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry uh, and other young guys like that. So I still think Jules is going to have an amazing year this year, but seeing 80% of the balls that come out of Sidham's hand seems a little extensive. No, no, no. Sorry, I think you misheard that. He won't see 80% of the balls that come from Sidham. I'm saying he'll catch 80% of the passes that are thrown at oh, him. Oh, sure. Yeah, Stidham. no, he definitely can do that. That's fair. Uh, my bad. I misheard you on that one. So, you're good. I'll move on to my first three guys. Um, yeah, we do disagree uh, in terms of our first three. At number 10, I have Chris Godwin. And number nine, I have Tyreek Hill. And then eight, I have Jarvis Landry. Chris Godwin, I went back, watched the tape on him just because it's hard for me to put a guy who's only played two seasons in the top 10 of pure talent-wise. But after watching his tape, man, it was hard for me to exclude him in this list. He just does the little things so well. He's small, super fast, but he's got great hands. He's a fantastic route runner. And then to quickly touch on Jarvis Landry, who I'm not sure he's on your list, but he should be, man. His 564 career receptions are the most by a player through his first six seasons in NFL history. He put up a great year last year. He has some of the best hands in the NFL. He's just everything you want in a consistent receiver. Well, you're going to be happy to hear that he is on my list. He just hasn't popped up yet. Fair enough. Then go ahead and shoot your next three guys. At seven, I have Devontae Adams. Okay. At six, I have Tyree Kill. And at five, I have Jarvis Landry. Okay, so for me, I put Tyreek Hill a little lower on my list. I had him at nine. He still is a top 10 guy. But for me, he's not the, like, based on talent, I can't put him higher than that just because everything he does relies on pure athleticism, whereas hands aren't, like, that great. Why, why did you put him so high? And I think what you just brought up is a pretty interesting argument because 
he said it's not if if we're not basing it on pure athleticism and hands then he and then it would be a little bit different but there are there are guys that we're going to hear and i'm sure we're going to hear from you as well like julio jones that have arguably the best hands in the nfl but if he's not as tall and as large as he is would he be as successful getting all those jump balls i would argue that he wouldn't so i think you have to factor in athleticism with these guys just based on that that is part of the game and you know if you don't have it you don't have it and Tyreek Hill has that speed that no one else has. It's not something that just happens. It's something you work towards and work on. He ran track. He did all this stuff. He, I think he ran track in college as well. He's been running for his whole life. So to have that speed, that's something that, you know, that, that doesn't just come. Um, it's, it doesn't happen. Like he worked on that. And then the guy, I mean, I like the most he talked about is Jarvis Landry because I do think he's the most consistent wide receiver I've watched in my lifetime. He puts up an unbelievable stat line of almost 100 catches every season. And I think he, people would argue that he's probably the, the the highest trusted wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, just to throw back to when uh, Hard Knocks came out a couple of years ago and they focused on the Browns, uh, they had that section about Jarvis Landry uh, where I know it was a meme because of the uh, how much he said bless him. But they said that he had the best hands in the NFL. And we all laughed a little bit. But if you go walk back and watch his, uh, his tapes consistently year in and year out, there's an argument to be made. And I respect what you said about Tyreek Hill. I just I didn't want to put him higher just because you take away his speed uh, and what do you have. But, I mean, that's a completely fair argument you made about Julio Jones. So who do you have for – or where are you at in your list, Jeff? Uh, I'm at a seven, six, and five. And at seven – I have Keenan Allen, who I think you mentioned earlier. Six, I have Odell Beckham Jr. And five, I have Mike Evans. And for me, Mike Evans might be a little high on this list compared to where you have him, if you have him at all. But he's had over 1,000 yards in all six of his NFL seasons. He's that type of big play guy we've been talking about where he doesn't have to have a lot of catches but he'll always put up over 1,000 yards. He's just a touchdown machine. He's a huge target. He's got very underrated hands. I know he's had a couple of drops, pretty bad drops in the last couple of seasons, but you can't really take that away from him. His hands are still incredible. He's extremely skilled for his athleticism. I think he's a top five guy. Yeah, I, I think Mike Evans is a very interesting conversation because I looked into him to putting him on, on this list, and he didn't make it for me. And my reasoning behind that was – He's had Jameis Winston at quarterback for almost the entirety of his career, yet he didn't put up crazy numbers. And then last season, after Godwin, you know, already had one season under his belt, and he's coming into form, and all of a sudden, Godwin puts up better numbers than Mike Evans. And it made me think, why couldn't Evans have put up those, I mean, a lot better numbers over those years when Godwin wasn't a factor because the best wide receiver alongside Mike Evans was Vincent Jackson at the time. So in my opinion, uh, Mike Evans underplayed and, and didn't play to his full potential or hasn't yet just because he didn't put up bigger numbers before Chris Godwin was a factor. Well, you know, I would counter that by saying that Chris Godwin – only benefited from Mike Evans' presence in that offense. Because if you watch their games, 
it's not Chris Godwin that's getting double teamed most of the time. It's Mike Evans, just because he's such a huge target. And you said that he's had James Winston for his entire career, which is true. But James Winston last year, the touchdown machine and also pick machine, but the touchdown uh, machine and the guy who led the league in yards uh, as a quarterback was not, he wasn't that guy the last couple of years. He didn't put up three uh, over 3,000 yards in the year prior to that. He barely put up 4,000 yards a couple of years uh, earlier. He really wasn't as elite in terms of like sheer volume and passing yards the last couple of years. And Mike, Mike Evans was really the only one in that offense. So you throw Chris Godwin in there. They help each other out. Evans was just getting double teamed more, in my opinion. Yeah. It, like just for me, it's just after seeing what two wide, two solid wide receivers were able to do last year with Winston at quarterback, I just feel like I, I expected more from Evans in his years prior with Jameis Winston. But that's just a personal opinion. Um, for me, my uh, – I guess we'll go, what do you think, 4-3? Is that fair? Yeah. All right. So at four, I have Michael Thomas. And at three, I have Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. Um, and I think you did talk – or you mentioned Odell um, in your last three. I do think at a point in time, everyone considered Odell to be the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, he, he's a very flashy player. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize how good he might actually be until I looked at his stats from his first couple of years with the Giants because that's when he arguably uh, was playing at his best. And I don't know if, because he is still very young, if he's hit his potential yet or his full potential. But in his first three seasons with the Giants, he put up at least 1,300 yards and touched 10 touchdowns in each of those three seasons. And in his rookie year, he only started in 11 games and put up 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. So if he can do that as a rookie and, you know, the, the catches he can make with one hand that no one else can and the athleticism he puts out in the field, I think he could have been argued at least in like 2016 that he was the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. But now that he's had last, a disappointing or arguably disappointing season last year with Cleveland and a drop off with the Giants the two years before that, I think he dropped a little bit on my list. That's fair. Um, I did have Odell at six, uh, pretty much for the same reason you said. He just dropped a little bit further because he hasn't been consistent over the last couple of years. There's no secret about Odell's talent or his potential. When he's playing at his best, he's arguably the best receiver in the NFL. He just hasn't been at his best for a couple of years now, so people have forgotten how good he can be. Hopefully, he and Baker Mayfield figure it out, and he can play this entire season healthy. If he does, he could definitely shoot up the rankings for me, but until he can show that he can reach that level at a consistent basis, he couldn't be higher than six for me. That's fair. Yeah. So who do you have at four and three? So at four, I have Devontae Adams, who... Uh, I think you had a little lower. And at three, I have Michael Thomas. Um, Devontae Adams, I think you're underselling him a little bit. He hasn't been in the NFL for that long, but he is arguably the best route runner in the league. Uh, the cuts he makes, the little drags, the in and outs, they're incredible. I could watch film of Devontae Adams running routes for hours, to be honest with you. And it doesn't hurt that he has Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball, but there's a reason he gets double teamed on almost every single play he runs, and he's still able to put up the numbers he does. He is an incredible player. Yeah, I agree. I, I like Adams a lot, and I think he is one of the more talented players, if not one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. 
the the question mark for me is is consistency with him, and that was a mark that just dropped him a little bit on my list. That's fair. So Trent, who do you have at two and one? I think we may have the same two and one. I'm I think we do too. I think we do too. Um, I have Hopkins at two and Jones at one. I have the same thing. I'm glad we're on the same. I'm glad we're in the same boat here, man. So, so tell me about Hopkins because you weren't that high on him fantasy wise. But why was he number two in terms of talent? I mean, if you look at the numbers he has put up um, with with the Texans in the past, he is arguably the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. And if you watch him and the way he plays and you know, catch, he he makes a lot of big time catches, at least in the past with Watson and he has some of the safest hands. So he's more of an all around wide receiver. He's not the most athletic and he's not the fastest, but he's probably the most well-rounded and well-polished with roots and all that for wide receivers and the NFL. That's just for me though. No, that's fair. I mean, I can't disagree with everything with anything you said. I love Hopkins. And then Julio for me, we, I'm sure we have him at one for the same reasons, but I mean, looking purely statistically, he put up over 1,400 yards in five out of his eight NFL seasons. The dude is an absolute monster. We're going to move on to the top 10 uh, NFL receivers of all time next, and he might make a surprise appearance in that list for me. He is just – he is so elite. Uh, he is consistently, year in and year out, he seems like he plays through injury uh, always. He's always a little bit banged up, but he's still producing 100% of the time. I just love Julio Jones. Yeah, I mean, like you said, for the for the same reasons, um, his stats are through the roof. There, no one really tops him um, actively in the NFL right now. At least, let's say over the last five or six seasons. And athletically, I mean, not many cornerbacks, if any cornerbacks, can compete with him um, on jumping or just beating him to a ball. He, he's been very consistent. He plays almost every game, every season. He's had little, little injury problems here and there, but he really doesn't miss much time, and he gives it his all every time on the field. Absolutely, man. I mean, just if you have to question his athleticism, just look at the catch he made against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That should have put New, New England away if Matt Ryan learned to not take three sacks. So That's fair. moving on to the final list, which is our top 10 receivers of all time. I might as well start out with my first three guys because I did mention Julio Jones, and he's number 10 for me in this list. Uh, and then at number nine, I have Marvin Harrison. At eight, I have Steve Largent. Marvin Harrison for me is a guy that's extremely underrated. He's caught uh, or he's responsible for almost a quarter of Peyton Manning's 539 touchdown passes in his NFL career. He really was the lifeline for Manning in Indianapolis. He put over 1,100. Uh, he had over 1,100 receptions, uh, racked up over 1,450 uh, receiving yards, 128 touchdowns. He's a Hall of Famer, and I just think he's severely underrated in this discussion for top 10 receivers of all time. So for my first three guys, there's one guy that was in your first three. One guy they're going to be is upset in these first three. And one guy, I think everyone would be surprised is in, in these three. So at 10, I have Antonio Brown. Oh, man. At nine, I have Julio Jones. Okay. And at eight, I have Megatron Calvin Johnson. I'm just mad at everything you said right there, except for Julio Jones, because he deserves to be there. I, I know that Antonio Brown deserves to be in this discussion, but I, I couldn't put him there. And you're way too low on Megatron. 
So Antonio Brown has six seasons straight of 1,200 or more yards, 75 career touchdowns. And if we're talking talent, I would argue he's a top three most talented wide receiver of all time. Really? I've, have you, I, mean, I have if you've watched, watched Antonio, Antonio Brown play. Of course if, I have. You, I'm, but, if, man, this isn't talent. This is the greatest of all time. He doesn't have the numbers to compete with guys like Marvin Harrison or Steve Largent. So you're saying stats are everything? When we're talking about the top 10 receivers of all time, yes, legacy-wise, stats are everything, in my opinion. They're, if not everything, I think that the, the overwhelming discrepancy between, say, Marvin Harrison's stats and Antonio Brown's stats they're there. Like, that is enough for me to put Marvin Harrison over the edge. Antonio Brown, if he's able to get back into the league and pass the suspension, which we know is coming, get back to balling out like we know he can, then when the time is, that his career is over comes, he could definitely be in that discussion for me. But until he's reached the latter part of his career, or if we even know he's going to play again in the NFL, I couldn't justify putting him in my top 10. See, for me, if if we base this off, or if you base your top 10 wide receivers of all time based on what you see on paper, stats-wise, my top 10 would totally be different because you have to factor in, if, if you want to factor in that, you have to factor in Super Bowls, how much they weigh. Because if you talk about, you know, the, the top NBA players of all time, super, I mean, NBA championships are, are one of the most important factors. And... A lot of the guys on, on my top 10 list have never won a Super Bowl. They've never even played in the Super Yeah, Bowl. a lot of guys on my top 10 list haven't either. But basketball that, is different than football. When you're I, out there in I basketball, just, you're responsible for basically 20% of your team's success. Whereas football, you're one out of 22 guys in the field. Yeah, but in football, they only get 16 regular season games to prove it. In basketball, they get 82 or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. This is a weird discussion. I understand the point you're making, and I am being somewhat hypocritical because I have Calvin Johnson higher, and his stats aren't there compared to the guys like Marvin Harrison and Steve Largent, uh, who I have. Yeah. But wh- why are you so low on Megatron? For me, it, like you said, he, he doesn't have the, the eye appeal on paper, but if you watch his film – He's one of the most dominant. He is the most dominant receiver to ever play. Absolutely. No one could stop Physical specimen. Yeah, no one could stop him. Yeah. And Antonio Brown's the same way, just on speed and being slick. No one could tackle him. He had 1,200 yards in six straight seasons or more. He had some seasons with 16, 700 yards. So it's like if you're going to factor in being the most dominant physically, you have to think about being the most – like the, fa- the guy that no one can tackle. I mean, for me, that, that goes hand in hand. And they and Calvin doesn't have the stats, and I have an eight, so I can flip flop them if you really want me to. If you want to start talking about stats, all right, fair, fair enough. Let's move on to the next three guys. Trent, who's your seven through five? So, you know, there's a name that pops up on here that I'd love to put up one, oh, but he's God. not there, and Jeff knows what I'm talking about. But at seven, I have Marvin Harrison, at six. And this is going to piss off Jeff. I have T.O. And at five, I have Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. You know, I'll just say mine. I did bump T.O. down to make you happy, Trent. At seven, I have Chris Carter. At six, I have Calvin Johnson. Ended up uh, bumping him down, too. And at five, I have T.O. So I can't be that mad at you. 
I can I I cannot. I mean, well, I don't want to speak too soon. I'm hoping you have bits in your list, and you just higher than I expected you to have them. You'll see. Um, you'll see. All right, but talking about Fitz, he's the number two in receiving yards in, at all time. Uh, uh, in all, all time, he's going to be top ten in receptions, possibly top five by the time his career is over, and he's going to be top ten in touchdowns. It all depends on. He's still an active player, and he's already at five on my list. So he could rise by the time he retires, depending on maybe the Cardinals win a Super Bowl. Maybe Fitz is more of a factor than people think this year. Um, but for me, Fitz is top five. And originally, I think I had him at three on my list. That's how good Larry Fitzgerald is. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, just to touch on T.O. Uh, for me, T.O. has had a lot of antics throughout his NFL career. But the numbers don't lie. He's a, he's a top five guy for me. Over 1,000 receptions, nearly 16,000 receiving yards, and 153 touchdowns. He, while he was a pain in the butt, both as a player and as a person, he is a top five receiver of all time for me. Yeah, I, I, I did at one point have T.O. at five. Um, the problem for me and where it was tough is like, the image they left in the NFL and for a for a B and T O it was like, do I consider that as a factor or would I just let it slide? So it was tough. That's why I have uh, a B at 10 and T O at six, but stats wise, I think you're right. T O is a top five wide receiver. That's fair. So move, we'll move on to our four and three and I'll start with it just because I know Trent wants to hear this, but at number four, I have Don Hudson and number three, I have Larry Fitzgerald. I love that four and three. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I think it's pretty solid. Just to touch on Don Hudson really quick, he's the only receiver to be enshrined with the first Hall of Fame class. He had 99 touchdown receptions in the 1930s and 40s. Look at who was throwing in the ball. I mean, he only played 116 games too and he still racked up almost 8,000 receiving yards. The man was the first elite receiver in the NFL. He's absolutely a top five guy. If you don't have him in your list, you don't know football. Yeah, I mean, I love Don. He's he's going to pop up on my list. I even wanted to put him at one. Okay. I had to hold myself back. Yeah, I had to talk um, you out of that one. Yeah, but for me, at four, I have Chris Carter. And at three, I have... Randy Moss. Randy Moss has 10, a thousand plus yard seasons. He, I mean, other than I think like two or three, se- I think three seasons, he had a thousand yards every single season. He probably was the most exciting guy to watch in my lifetime. And I was still pretty young. No matter who he had at quarterback, he made it happen. I mean, I could talk and watch Randy Moss for days i mean randy moss is the guy oh absolutely and for that reason he's number two on my list and you know the interesting thing for me is that there's not much separating randy moss and terrell owens their careers the trajectories they took the talent they had the stats they put up are almost identical but what bumped moss up so high was just the fact that he set that single season touchdown record in 2007 with 23 touchdowns with the Patriots and you know anytime the act of like beating someone 1v1 in the air as a receiver snagging a ball over them getting that concept named after you you have to be a top two guy for me yeah I, I just want to touch on, on Moss a little bit more um, I'll talk I'll talk about 
that mossed concept that you, you just you just mentioned being mossed came about from randy moss because of you know how dominant he was in the air taking balls away from people and for me that's an equivalent i don't i don't want to you know push this too far but it's almost equivalent for kids who play basketball to say kobe yeah, i was, I was gonna fade, say the exact same thing yeah you fade away and you hit that shot for the win and you say kobe and like you make this incredible catch over your defender and you say you just got mossed like it's he has he has that kind of impact on football yeah i mean trent and i are very familiar with the term i've mossed uh trent more than a few times in his <laughs> his career but <laughs> So I, I said that Randy Moss was my number two guy, and that's facts, Trent. You can't dispute it. It's We're moving past that point. But um, number one for me has to be Jerry Rice. I mean, he holds virtually every significant, significant career receiving record, including receptions, yards, uh, receiving yards, all-purpose yards, touchdown receptions, consecutive games with at least one catch. The dude had almost 23,000 total yards, almost 200 touchdowns, almost six, uh, 1,600 receptions. Jerry Rice is the GOAT of receivers. I don't want to hear you t- saying that Don Hudson should be number one. I can't believe I had to have this discussion with you earlier. Yeah, so my list, I mean, I have Jerry Rice at two. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't have Jerry Rice at two. I, ha- I, have, I do have Don Hudson at two and Jerry Rice at one. But I, I, I do want to put in perspective for anyone who's listening of how – good of a wide receiver Don Hudson was um, back in 1942 where they, this, their season was only 11 games he started four of them and on 74 catches he put up 1200 yards and 17 touchdowns to put in perspective Michael Thomas had like 180 catches last season on like almost I don't even know how many targets, maybe almost 300 targets and put up only nine touchdowns. So he, this guy put up in four games, he started 17 touchdowns for me. That is the most dominant season in NFL history. I don't think it will ever be broken. You cannot convince me. Otherwise this, this man somehow got 17 touchdowns, 1200 yards on 74 catches and four games started. I can just Jeff's talk. I mean, Jeff talked about Jerry Rice. I mean, he is he has all the stats. He has all the accolades. He's no – and no question, he is the number, number one wide receiver of all time. But Hudson has the best season of all time, and he is my number two. Fair enough. You know, I can't, I can't blame you for uh, putting some respect on Don Hudson's name. But, yeah, this was really fun. Uh, and I think that's a wrap on episode 10 of the rollout. We'll be back Thursday to make our predictions for the quarterback position, which I'm sure will get a little hairy too, because if you know me, uh, you know Dak might make an appearance on the all-time list. So stay safe out there, everyone. Have a good one.